1: We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
0: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare.
1: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey friends, it's Jessie. I'm jumping in to invite you to my free on-demand workshop plus workout called Strong in 20. It is a complete full body and pelvic floor fitness solution for busy moms and parents. So if that is you, head to the link in today's show note to get your immediate access to the Strong in 20 class. I'm going to teach you how to implement this strong and 20 plan into your own life immediately. I'm gonna give you two really important exercise and body image mindset tips that I want you to take into the workout. And then I lead you through a comprehensive full body core and pelvic floor, 20 minute strength training workout. You're going to want resistance bands and a set of dumbbells to take into the workout with you. So if you have that at home, or if you want to take the workout plan and do it with you at the gym, that fits too. And most importantly, in the Strong in 20 workshop, I really want you to experience what it's like to approach exercise from an entirely non-diet mindset. So please show up to the Strong in 20 workout in your body exactly as it is with no pressure to change it or for it to need to be different. Okay, friends, an intense workout schedule just may simply not be working for you at this time in your life through pregnancy, postpartum, parenthood. So the strong in 20 workout and mindset principles are going to help you see how you can sustainably move in your real life right now. Head to the link in today's show notes and you're going to get access immediately once you download it. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond, it's Jessie Mundell. And today we're so lucky to have Joelle with us from our To Pregnancy and Beyond program to talk through all sorts of things related to her experience and background with sport, a twin pregnancy, recovering from that pregnancy and birth and her return to exercise postpartum and how the relationship with, body, exercise, food has kind of all fit into this. So Joelle, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So we see each other on the Zoom all the time because we get to work out together, but this is a little bit of a different scenario. Yes. (laughs) I would just love if you would start out by giving us a rundown on what your relationship to exercise was like starting from when you were young and then leading up to your pregnancy, your pregnancy with your twins, what was your relationship to exercise like for the years up until that point? Sure.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, like you kind of talked about, I was an athlete all the way through. So, um, yeah, my family was very into sports of all kinds, um I feel lucky that my family was into we have three girls I have two sisters so um we were very into softball and hockey and all of the more male dominated sports especially at that time um yeah so I was competitive but mostly in sports that weren't based on body image which I think really helped down the road Um, so yeah, I don't feel like I remember having any issues with body image until like teenage years when it was more peer pressure, not so much from my sport. Um, yeah. And then I think it was just a matter of like, I mean, I was in a big, strong body, which was great for all sorts of sports, but, (laughs) um, Not great for, you know, fitting my giant feet into high heel shoes and in dresses and like, you know, jeans fit really tight on my quads, (laughs) all those things. So there was definitely times in high school that I wished my body was smaller, Um, but I. Also, feel like my parents did a really good job of instilling beliefs in me that you know they are big, strong quads that are great for skating fast and great for running and jumping and all those things. So I was really lucky that way. That um, you know, it was minor my body image issues through high school. Um, yeah, going into more like university is when I guess my transition happened. Of from going from a competitive athlete to a student and I stopped playing almost all competitive sports and moved into recreation which I think is great direction to go (laughs) um like no regrets there at all but I just feel like my body changed shape a lot over those four not just those four years but over the next you know 10 years as I went from training to be an athlete to Making that more like how I was moving in my body and making that more, I guess,
0: a long term thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, so interesting. And it brought up something for me when you were talking about your quads and fitting into jeans because I had a similar thing, but with my lats, like gymnasts have big shoulders and big lats from, you know, being upside down and swinging on the bars and stuff. And I just remember. In university, I, for three years, I lived in a house and there was five girls living in this house. And so we would all be like wearing each other's clothes and trying to get ready to go out, but no one's shirts ever fit me. Like I couldn't get them on my body. I felt like I was busting out all the time. And it's still a thing that happens to me, finding jackets and shirts that fit. Cause I still have that muscle mass. It's just, it's like so unique. And when you're an athlete, like, like you just kind of get it. Like things just don't fit people how they fit your body if you're used to that background in sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that there's brand names now that are kind of like gearing that towards the athletic body, which is amazing. But yeah, that was not a thing when I was in high school. And all my friends are in these tiny little jeans. And I'm like, I can't even get that over my quads. The waist <laughs> does not fit over my quads. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I also love that your parents were really intentional about the language that they used about bodies. Can you tell us any more about that?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, there was definitely things that I look back and I'm like, oh, that was not a great message. But they, you know, how Maya Angelou always says, like, we do the best with what we know. And they definitely did and are willing to keep up with that kind of change. So I remember my dad saying things like, oh, you know, like we, we gotta, you know, get moving and we gotta do these things and it's to stay skinny, but his skinny wasn't so that you look good for, you know, male eyes or everyone's eyes, right? It was so that you're good at sports and you're healthy and you're going to live a long life and you're going to have the ability to do fun things like hiking and all those things that we like to do as a family. And you know, he was still playing ball as a middle-aged man. He wanted that for me as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get that. And I feel so similarly about my parents too. They just didn't have the language to address a lot of these things with us. Like we're talking, you know, like 25, 30 years ago when they started having body conversations with us. And it's just so different now with how we get to engage with our kids about body conversation it's just going to be such a different thing yeah and I think that this is so cool because we like you as you're saying you were in hockey softball at that time more male dominated sports and I was in dance and gymnastics and those are such different experiences in themselves and so in my sports It was so body focused and you were judged upon how your body looked, how your body performed. But I was wearing very little clothes when I was competing, like in leotards and your hair had to be a particular way and your makeup had to be a particular way, but you got to show up in your body in such a different way in sport. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: like I definitely feel that I'm like, you know, I'd love to gear my twins now <laughs> to to the, you know, more, I guess, sports that are more perform, you know, like hockey, yeah. soccer, like those kind of sports that are more team-based and yeah, like you're not judged. However, I recently read an article about one of our local dance places that's doing more performance art instead of competitions. So they have their young girls, you know, as part of a musical performance, dancing instead of putting them in a competition where they are going to be judged, right? It's more of like body expression. And I love that. So I hope more dance places are doing that
0: kind of thing. But yeah, so yeah, very different. For yeah. Sure. Okay. So through university, you were kind of shifting that relationship to your body, not competing, but you were still active. Yeah, so I did a kinesiology degree. So lots of activity there, right? (laughs) As you
1: know. (laughs) Um, So lots of, you know, staying active and all those things. Um, But it was, I guess, yeah, just kind of moving into the working world where you don't have, I mean, people do make time for it. It is setting priorities. But to me, like my softball became then a sport that I was doing for a social event and to move my body in a way that I love and kind of like reconnect with that. But I was more doing strength training and like gym workouts, um, which is amazing, but I love that I still can play those sports and it's kind of still my focus, right? Like you, you get that from our group all the time. I'm like, Hey, I was able to do this at ball practice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm here. So good. Where did you do your kin degree? At U of S Saskatchewan. Yep. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So then take us to your pregnancy. Okay. What happened there and how did you move or did you move? Were you active in the pregnancy? Yeah. So
1: I definitely was active throughout my whole pregnancy, which I was very lucky to be able to do that. So yeah, I guess I, I was not expecting a twin pregnancy. So at the beginning, totally, totally normal. And then when I found out it was twins, I mean, nothing really changed for me. Um, I did a lot of research on, you know, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. And like, looking back, I wish I would have joined to pregnancy and beyond at that point, so that I had you doing that research, because I felt like my mind was in so many places at that time. And like, the amount that it's taken off of my mental load to know like you're doing that research you know what's safe for my body um it's just so such a relief so uh, I was actually able to remain lifting weights and walking and moving and all those things until about 32 weeks um and then I had about 34 weeks I had um some bleeding and they think it was maybe a placental abruption um yeah and then I was in the hospital for the next like 10 days on and off dealing with that doing all sorts of non-stress tests and ultrasounds and everything making sure that both babies were okay and then I just had them at 36 and 3 so yeah full term for (laughs) twins like for twins right Hell yeah. I was so, so happy that like I was able to remain active and do all those things um, just to have that strength. And I was, we ended up doing a C-section. I was given the option and I elected a C-section because I had heard all sorts of twin horror stories of, you know, like one vaginal birth and one section or like people almost losing baby B because they got twisted and didn't. You know, get things done in time. So that was just a choice that I made for me and my mental health at the time. Um, And yeah, it was the right one because baby B was stuck in my rib cage, and they ended up having to T cut my uterus and scoop her out. So a little bit, I say traumatic, but I had no idea what was going on at the time. So in hindsight, it was kind of like, oh, that was scary, but they were very good. So
0: my gosh, amazing. And through that pregnancy, were your doctors or medical providers, they were encouraging and supportive of you exercising in those ways?
1: Um, I would say they were fine with it, given my background in kinesiology and my ability to find the research that I needed to find. Um, and they kind of trusted me, which is amazing. And I know that's not everyone's experience. So Yeah. Um, they were fine with it but I wouldn't say they encouraged it in any way it was kind of like okay <laughs> she's gonna do this you do what you do yeah
0: exactly <laughs> and that is so so indicative of how we still think about exercising and particularly strength training and pregnancy and a twin pregnancy or a multiple pregnancy at that is it you It was on you to do the research. It was on you to review the studies. Like, what? Why?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess, like, the, I'm here at least, we have OBGYNs, right? Like, they're both gynecologists and obstetricians. So, they yeah I mean they're dealing with everything I had the same obstetrician that my mom was seeing for gynecology issue at the same time like menopause right like that's small city things right that they're kind of the specialist for everyone and yeah I just feel like they he knew a lot and he was very very knowledgeable and kept my baby safe and me safe so I was happy for that for sure um but yeah I just feel like there was no guidance through the exercise part of that almost ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like you're saying, they need to be on top of so many freaking things. Like exercise shouldn't be their specialty. And that's not at all what we're expecting either. But if people could if these medical providers could do some referring out or have some resources to turn to like us at two pregnancy and beyond, that would be so cool because we're here doing this work. This is our passion. It's what we love. And we want to be supporting more people. And like, again, the medical providers, they have more than enough to be dealing with. It doesn't need to be on them either. So I get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right after right after I did my kin degree, I, one of my friends sprained his ankle and his doctor was giving like really old, outdated advice for that. And I was just like, and he's like, well, that's what my doctor said. And I was like, yeah, because your doctor doesn't have time to keep up on ankle sprains when he's worried about like cancer diagnosis. Like that's not his specialty. And like, I just, I feel so strongly about referring out and finding specialties and finding people who know that that is what they do.
0: Right yes exactly okay so babies were born at 36 and 3 and then talk through maybe that first year postpartum recovery returning to exercise what was that journey like for you yeah so I definitely felt like I
1: was on my own (laughs) Um, I remember getting out of the hospital. I mean, the nurses were amazing and, you know, helping, me you know, how to sit up with a C-section and when we can, you know, getting me moving and all those things. Um, but there was little exercise and that's, I think, common, right? Like they don't care. I mean, they do care, but they just don't know. And that's not the thing that they're focused on. Um, Yeah. And so kind of nothing for the first like six weeks, I felt really, really terrible for the first three weeks after my section. So there was not (laughs) going to be anything happening. But at my six week checkup, it was kind of like, yeah, you're good to go. And with the knowledge I have, I was like, I would love to see a, a pelvic floor therapist, make sure everything is good to go. Like I carried two babies and any babies is enough to need to see one, you know, like, you having any symptoms. And he was just like, no, nope, you're good. You're fine. You're good to go. And I was just not in the headspace to argue that at all. So I was like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I'll find one on my own. Um, Unfortunately, the closest one at the time that wasn't referral only was two and a half hours away. So <sighs> having two newborns going like that was out of the question for me. Um, so I never did see anyone, but I didn't have a whole lot of symptoms, so I was fine. And then I think it was the eight week checkup with our public health nurse that I was handed a piece of paper that said, Get rid of your mommy tummy. Oh. And a bunch of core exercises. And I just like, I did not lose it on the nurse there, but like definitely an email was sent. I'm like, this is not okay to be giving a postpartum mom. Like, you just made me do a mental health check. And now you're telling me, Hey, you know, you're clear for exercise. So get to it. That mummy tummy has got to go. And yeah, I just remember feeling like so deflated that that was coming out of our healthcare system still. Um, Yeah. And then.
0: And thank goodness that you had the awareness to be pissed about it. Right. Like that is the appropriate reaction Yes. most people probably are not going to have that reaction, especially in a vulnerable postpartum body.
1: Yes. And like, I feel like the world is moving to more body positive or at least body neutrality. And I, yeah, but there's so many people that are just, ha- are not there yet. I would say m- most right? Like yes. overwhelmingly the most amount of moms especially are not there. And handed that would be devastating and they would be doing those exercises every day and they were all like
0: hardcore exercises that is so frustrating and I think about myself too like thinking about myself not having done like 10 years of body image work now coming from a background of an eating disorder and then being handed that at postpartum feeling super uncomfortable and like unsafe in my body to begin with and getting that and like you said right after doing a mental health wellness check like are we serious (sighs) one day we'll get there right not soon enough okay then what happened
1: Um. Yeah, so then I guess I did return to exercise probably around that eight week mark. And I had there's like a stroller fitness class in my city. So I was going to that with one of my close friends who also had a baby at the same time, around the same time. And so yeah, lots of that kind of like group exercise just to like get moving and get to it. Um, and then yeah, it was more like just trying to slowly gain back that strength. Um, But I just don't feel like I ever really, even though I knew I should be doing like connecting to the pelvic floor and like your pelvic floor core breaths, that kind of stuff. I don't feel like I really ever did that until much later. And then I realized like, hey, things don't feel the way they should maybe feel, especially with um, after a C-section, you know, because you've had one that like nervy feeling around the tissue. So I remember fall, that's when I probably like started following you more closely on social media and started doing like your section scar massage and like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And like just kind of doing more of my own research again and like kind of getting back to where I knew I should be. Um, yeah. And then when I went back to work, it was in the middle of COVID, like literally in the middle of COVID, <laughs> and I work in recreation and like we were just reopening our recreation center when like, when I was out going back to work. Like that was my first job from that leave. I remember just cool. being like, I am not prepared for this. <laughs> my brain's not even here. And I'm supposed to be worried about like all these new restrictions and regulations and like everything. So that's kind of when I remember you opening an enrollment just after that. I think it was like August, maybe I went back to work in June. Yeah, August. And I was just like, I need this. I need somebody to tell me how to move because I'm not doing it for myself anymore. And I just didn't have the mental capacity to do it. And yeah, so I just wasn't, I just wasn't exercising because I was busy at work all day and then busy with my kids all night and like trying to keep my house afloat was all I could do and just drowning you know like there was it was all survival mode and there was no thrive ever involved in that time of my life like
0: my gosh <sighs> do you look back on that time and now you know a few years later did you go back at 1 year postpartum I did yeah and I your did. kids just turned 4 yeah do you yeah. look back and wonder how you honestly even got through yeah
1: i do <laughs> yeah as the, Yeah. especially like like I said I wish I would have joined during pregnancy and like been with you all the way through because I just feel like that would have been such a mental relief for me because it was when I finally did join but yeah like even though I had a close friend at the same like kind of postpartum range as me and like we're very close so we were talking about all the things and it it was yeah I just felt like it was just a lot to try to force myself to go to the gym or to you know even do a basement workout like walking (laughs) like just I couldn't convince myself to do it so yeah it was just such a relief to have that app telling me like this is your workout today that's what you're doing and also coaches that are like hey you didn't feel like it today that's fine good decision for you right like that support that it's not like there's no shame in missing that workout you know like I know coaches are like that and some people might thrive in that, but it's not for me.
0: No, not living this life yeah. in this time period. We cannot operate like that. So then give us some insight over the last couple of years, few years of, yeah, being back into a bit more regular groove with exercise and strength training and just your body being different and changed after a twin pregnancy through parenting after a c-section like what has it been like for you in this version of your body and moving through it I feel like
1: um it's I've come so far you know in the body image space kind of thing that I don't feel like it's as drastic as I it should maybe be like going from a smaller body Maybe like you know, especially as a teenager, but mostly like pre-pregnancy, um, and then moving through that pregnancy and into a postpartum body. Like, there's definitely things that are different, um, but luckily I don't have you know friends or family that really prioritize that anymore. And so I'm lucky to have that support. That it's not. I don't. I mean, there's still things that feel weird, and I know like we were just talking about in our running program, like I'm slow. And I've never been slow before. Yeah. <laughs> My sprints are not sprinty as they used to be. <laughs> um, I feel but, you. But I feel like I've come a long ways in that, in like within the group that that I can now like meet that with some humor and like, hey, that's something that I kind of want to work on. And, and it's fine as it is, right? It's fine where I'm at, but it would be cool to be fast again. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. And what I think is so cool is that you've been a little bit hesitant with the cardio, with the running, just because you know that there's potential to spiral out about your body a little bit because cardio exercise has been connected with body change for so much of your life. And it's exactly the same with me and why I, Avoided any like cardiovascular training, running, sprinting for so long, too, is because I was just kind of scared of where my brain might take me. But you're running now. And how has it been? It's been good. (laughs) It's been good. It's been more like, I guess, yeah, like
1: performance based and also finding those things that, you know, like coming at it as this is a thing that I like to do for my body and I feel better after not trying to shrink anything right? like and yeah like you said I just uh, that has always been connected to even when I was an athlete like this is how you keep the fat off so that you can be stronger and do the things right like be better at your sport but it was still about that not necessarily like yeah you get it
0: Yes. It's all these underlying messages about bodies still that a smaller body would be better because of, even if it's related to performance. And for us at this point to just be like, no, like F all of it. My body can perform at this size, at this current shape. It doesn't need to be different in order to do something different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Joelle. Thank you so much. What would you say to anyone who is considering joining, coming into two pregnancy and beyond with us?
1: Um, I would say it is just like I've said before, such a mental relief, and it is an investment. You need to prioritize, you know, financially if you can prioritize that. But to me, it was just it's so important. Like we've talked about before in the group it's important for my kids to see me doing things for me right and like yeah i was listening to a podcast a little while ago about um i can't even give credit where credit is due because i don't remember who it was but um just about like the anxiety that we put on our kids when our whole world revolves around them and just like it's such a relief for them when you have your own life you have your own things you prioritize your own health. And it's not about like, I can be a better mom when I'm a better mom when I'm exercising. It's not about that for us in the group, I would say it's about like, we do this for us, because we are important. And we need to do this. So for me, it's just a priority that I financially put on that this is a thing that I do. And these are the people that I like to be involved with, because there's similar values and all those things in this group. And yeah, it's just that support system for things that maybe you're not getting from your own support system right now.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. I so appreciate (laughs) it.